0: Protests and unrest continue across the nation and in Kansas City. It's been more than a week since George Floyd, a 46-year-old African American man, died in Minneapolis after being handcuffed and pinned to the ground by a white police officer. Bystanders captured video of the officer behind a police car using his knee to pin Floyd by the neck. Floyd is heard repeatedly saying, "I can't breathe." The topic today on Sports KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast is the role of sports in addressing the unrest. It's Tuesday, June 2nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Star columnist, Viha Gregorian and I talked to star reporter, Glenn Rice. He's been covering the protests and we talk about that. But Glenn, a longtime star reporter is also a sports fan. And we talked about the protests in Kansas City in the context of sports. Later, you'll also hear some clips of coaches and an athlete who have used the social media platform to weigh in on racism. I saw a tweet this morning where someone had tallied the teams in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball that had issued a statement. More than half of them had, and that was as of this morning. My general thought on this is I salute those teams and athletes that want to make a statement and don't condemn those who don't. We'll play those clips after our conversation with Vahe, Gregorian, and Glenn Rice, which begins now. I thought the first thing we would do today is to get your... um, your thoughts on covering the protests, and you know, when did you pick it up, and what have your experiences been in uh, in the plaza area? Because mostly it's been confined to the plaza area. Yes,
1: yes, and um, I I started. They, I was called in at eight o'clock on Wednesday. Excuse me, Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, went down to, uh, first I heard that they were maybe protesting at uh, police headquarters. So I initially drove there. There were a handful of people there. And the think the anticipation was folks was going to march in front of police headquarters. That did not happen. So I immediately went to Westport, parked my car, and walked down to the plaza. As I was walking south on uh broadway ran into a bunch of people who had been there for quite some time and they were there as part of the peaceful uh protest some of the demonstrations and and you know they were hosting, holding signs and and you know calling for uh police accountability uh justice you know the the, the constant uh drum beat of of young black men and women who have been killed at the hands of police and they wanted to express their uh, outrage up uh, for that, and so some of them uh, was there for pe- peaceful purposes. But as the night continued, it became less peaceful and more uh, dramatic. Uh, there were a line of officers who in in i will say riot gear with uh, helmets, gas masks on, and so they were kind of staying their position, uh, blocking uh, if you want to go west towards the plaza. They were preventing people from doing that. So.
0: Okay, so this is Saturday night, Saturday and, and, night. And, the, and the situation kind of deteriorated yeah, later.
1: We yeah, earlier in that evening, they, they had deployed tear gas into the crowds. Uh, a lot of crowds was, uh, were, some of them may have gone into the street, but there were a lot of angry folks there, a lot of folks who were in the face of police officers yelling at them. And by the same token, there were officers there who were sympathetic. They didn't uh, engage in the uh, exchange, uh, but they were there to listen to what folks had to say. And in many cases, a lot of officers said yeah, they agreed with uh, the fact that how uh, George George Floyd was died was wasn't appropriate. That's not the taxes that they use here. But uh, as you've seen recently, uh, there are a lot of instances in which police has been sprayed uh, pe- pepper spring uh, folks. Uh, I believe their content is that they told they told these folks to stay on the sidewalks and um, they didn't comply. So That's how they responded.
2: Glenn, well, what's your – there's no no way to easily sift this out because this is sort of the crux of one of the problems. But what, what do you see as uh, the dividing line between where you can tell who the legitimate protesters are and where people are getting involved that are doing the things that, that make it more complicated? Yeah. I mean, is is, is it – Discernible is it? Was that big part of the problem that you can't tell who's going to do what when?
1: I think as the evening wears on, you could tell because most of the people who were there, protest for legitimate reasons and purposes, had were there, there they expressed their uh, the, their voice and they left. As the things kind, of, so you can you can you can tell. I mean, I don't want to stereotype anybody, but sometimes you could tell that. When I was there, there were uh, a lot of guys with mega with mega. Megahorns and yelling at the group. We're going to do something. Can we going to do this, and forcing it didn't materialize. And by then, they had uh, moved from Broadway to West on Cleaver. Excuse me, East on Cleaver. And I don't know where they went after that. So,
2: Cindy and I, my wife, rode, rode our bikes over to the plaza on Sunday, and just just wanted to get a feel for for it. And we were so impressed by. The, the nature of the protest mm-hmm. um, during the day Sunday, and it was hundreds, if not thousands of people then and I remember walking away thinking these aren't people that are
0: no
1: <laughs> doing
2: those things
0: I, no. I read and we reported that um, mothers were bringing children down, yes there. yes, yes. Thought,
1: yeah, you did see that, and fathers were bringing sons there yeah uh, to to be a part of that so but that thing when it came when again when it began to turn, then they decided you know this is probably not the proper place, so
0: yeah. Well, it c- continued into Sunday night, Monday night, and we're recording this on tuesday and we don't know what to expect going forward Glenn, you've been you've been in Kansas City long time long
1: time <laughs> <A> couple decades,
0: <laughs> A couple decades. Um, has Kansas City experienced something like this
1: I would say the, the last time something to this happened would have probably been well sixty eight after uh, Martin Luther King was assassinated, but not to that scale where you had uh rioting throughout the entire city uh, this is pretty I wouldn't say tame compared to that uh, no but I wouldn't say anything close to it. Yeah. Uh, they've been protests in front of uh, uh, the uh, uh, courthouse before uh, but nothing to the scale in which has happened here that I can remember
0: you know, what, Go ahead
2: Brian. Well no I'm just one of the things what Blair and I were talking about is, is the, the link to sports in and this and, and Hearing uh, athletes speak out, and some more forcefully than others, but have you taken notice of that? I know you're a big sports fan too, and what what, what do you feel like athletes ought to be doing right now?
1: Well, uh, you know, I think uh, some of the more high profile athletes have used their uh, uh, their profile to elevate certain causes. LeBron James is obviously head amongst uh, those, as well as Steph Curry, uh, doing it, using it very intelligently and not. Uh, you know, you can tell they put some thought into it, as opposed to just saying something. And um, and you know, and I think that people who are around them have really educated them to to uh, to have a voice, but also use that voice. And they also use not only their voice, but also the resources to help others that are in need. Uh, uh, I think surprisingly, uh, surprised that Patrick Mahomes came out and said something, uh, particular in this climate. Uh, uh, you saw what happened when Marcus Peters uh, did what he did, and it was not uh, uh, well-received. Of course, there were some other issues surrounding Marcus Peters, but uh, but that was, you know, I thought that was kind of different. Uh, so for him to come out and say something as well-crafted as it was, that says something. At least he's thinking in along those terms. He could have easily uh, uh, not said anything, and no one would have blamed him, you know. Uh, so, so, uh, but that's very powerful, I, and that, and it speaks a lot towards organization too. I will say to allow him to say that, to do that, but to be supportive in that regard. Uh, I know uh, Mark Donovan. Uh, we, we not we don't golf together, but I've known him because our children were in Girl Scouts together, and so uh, I was just shocked that uh, you know, and he seems to be very conscientious, very engaged. Uh, you know, we don't talk. When we spoke, we didn't talk chief stuff because I didn't. You know, I didn't want our friendship to be based around his 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 job, like my job for that matter. But you you can tell they really have gone above and uh, uh, in terms of just reaching out to the Native American community and being conscious about you know the chiefs uh, and that imagery. And while we know the chiefs were actually named after Robardo, Bartle, uh, you know, but they still have that connotation. And if you saw some of the images from years past. <laughs> That would you know it's it's, it's it's quite different now. So
0: yeah, you're right about uh, about Patrick Mahomes. He did put a statement out on was it Instagram?
2: Instagram and I think sort of either tweeted from yeah. Instagram or what, however that mechanism right. works. Yeah,
0: and, um, and of course, uh, it, you know the fact that a 24 year old quarterback understands his role, that you know what he can say would have some impact. Mm-hmm. I, I think is a credit to him for sure. And into the Chiefs organization that, um, you know, I, I don't know if he ran it by the Chiefs. Maybe he did. Yeah. Maybe he did. But whether he did or not, it was out there. Yeah, it, got, right. it was put out there. And I just thought, well, well done. You mm-hmm. may not have agreed with it, – it was kind of, no uh, t- I don't know, tempered a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, right. he didn't He didn't yeah. call for – um, he didn't. He didn't use the word racism in it, or police brutality, or anything like that. But um, you know, he he comes from an interesting background yeah, right, on this right, too, with, right. a, with a black father and a white mother. Yeah, so, in Texas, too. And from Texas, right, right. So, and I thought another good point about Marcus Peters. Kansas City has been through this just a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, having to. Kind of come to terms with these with these ideas and thoughts, because that was in of course the the, the reaction to the colin Kaepernick you know taking a knee and Marcus Peters wanted to do that mm-hmm. and was just basically discouraged mm-hmm. by, if I remember this right yeah
2: he, he was discouraged after, right after
0: after a conversation with Clark hunt about that
2: yeah and you know marcus um, Marcus was so complicated and because he's volatile in other ways, and that that I think was made his message a little little harder to resonate and he was I remember after the, the when he raised his fist, I remember trying to ask him about it afterwards, and he was was angry to be asked and that that just kind of got in the way of the message i think and and that that's a shame and I think you know I think everybody wanted to hear more from him and I do believe um when we were out in Oakland Blair covering something I think therese Paler stayed behind and got with uh, some some of marcus 's family and I think that was his way into hearing more and uh Better uh, expression from Marcus about what what he was thinking right. of, and it was really important when that when that came to be.
1: And and one thing I would be remiss you mentioned I mentioned the rise of 68. Interestingly enough, uh, there are several Chiefs players, uh, including uh, Curtis McClinton, uh, Otis Taylor, Buck Buchanan, Willie Lanier, and Fred the Hammer Williamson, who went to the went on the airways went went on black radio and really encouraged people not to protest we actually did a story about that uh i think maybe with the 40th or 25th anniversary of the riots itself and i was shocked at the level of 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 um, foresight uh that the players you know, were engaged in. Of course, it was a different era. Uh, they were more connected to the community back then. Curtis McClinton uh, was uh, in many ways uh, way ahead of his time in terms of his community engagement. He helped start the uh, Black Economic Union. He was partnered with uh, Jim Brown. There's a picture that I keep of Jim Brown, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh bill russell those guys and he's in the midst of all of that and so uh, uh so so that so that's so those players within itself because they came from black colleges for the most part they were heavily connected and tied to the community fast forward to marcus peters uh uh he did a lot of stuff within the community that i think a lot of people probably did not realize right uh around christmas I think maybe slash year with the team, he was part of a coat giveaway. He was, uh, a, I think, sponsor of Adidas. And so he shows up at this coat giveaway. Uh, they were giving haircuts, passing out food and so forth. And he just comes in this, this, this truck. He didn't come in a truck. He came in like a small compact car, stuffed with these jackets. And and so, uh, and his father and other people, and he just passed him out. And believe it or not, some guy, some actor guy named... Uh, he played uh uh I'm I'm drawing a blank now. Uh from from Kansas. I just drew Paul Rudd or Paul what? Paul Rudd was there with his son. He was and, and he and he helped him, you know, like pass out. I was like, what are you doing here? He says, I'm here to help Marcus Pierce. I'm like, dang. you know. So he gave us an insight on the the, the, the next couple of uh, uh Avengers movies. but um, he didn't tell me too he didn't tell me too much. But uh but I thought that was so impressive that, you know, and Marcus was was Kind of, he was very accommodating to people who wanted to take pictures with him. He kid with the, you know, he played with with the with the kids, not in a, in his own way. He wasn't, you know, like you know, he was, he was Marcus. So, so.
2: well, that's, I'm really glad you shared that story because I think it really lends some depth to understanding Marcus and and his his passion for. Getting out in the community, mm-hmm. which we know of in other ways, but yeah. also even the fact that he uh, would would engage, have engagement with Paul Rudd. To yeah, it was, come in.
1: Yeah, it was, it was quite interesting because he was, and he didn't like. Okay, here, are the, here are the jackets. I'm leaving. He stayed. Yeah, and these weren't like these were Adidas. Uh, expensive You know You look at the price tag Like $200 jackets You know I'm, you know, Granted It probably didn't Cause Adidas anything It didn't cause Marcus anything But for a lot of people You know These are really Good jackets You know
0: So And from a know. team Success standpoint All's well that ends well For both The Chiefs and Marcus mm. Peters Yeah right Marcus Peters went to a Super Bowl with the Rams The Chiefs won a Super Bowl Without Marcus, so. <laughs> without Marcus yeah. <laughs> so, yeah right They both right, switcheroo right. That's right. yeah. Yeah. They yeah, both yeah, ended yeah. up Okay out yeah. of this and,
1: and, 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 and so I think uh, You can one can say like today's athletes, obviously, there are um, maybe uh, build up to only think uh, singular in terms of their sport. You know, they spend everything tied into uh, becoming better, more proficient for them to have interests outside of that. I think it's, it's quite refreshing, quite interesting of someone who grew up here and saw the political change. And so so that's kind of interesting. And again, for Marcus Peters to say that, uh, excuse me, for Patrick Mahomes to say that, to do that. And if you go on social media, too, you can kind of get a sense of, of how conscious some players are. We had mentioned Andrew Wiley. Oh. And, you know, today, uh, Tuesday, is Blackout Tuesday. And so you look at the, the scroll on social media, and all these athletes, you know, they have black, you know, they, they're, they're, their feed features this totally black uh, picture. Right. And, uh, and I was like, wow, you know. It, so you, it kind of gives you a different perspective of them in that sense. So if you are a fan, you like them more because, you know, maybe they are tied to what you think is uh, right uh, politically and socially. So. So.
2: Well, you know who's been just great at that, and he's—he's—it's no surprise because he's so thoughtful all the time. Is Tyron Matthew? Mm-hmm. I mean, all, I the, all the social media, yeah, right. Uh, and many words of his have stuck in my mind, um, and images he shared. Uh, I, I just think uh, I think he's doing important work that way. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but not from here, right? He's still—he's well.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good point. Good distinction.
0: Um, but so we all remember. What we felt and, and what we saw during the the, the the kneeling protests of I guess now three, two three years ago three years ago whatever it was I think it was the 2017 season mm-hmm. and I think when the NFL season starts it's going to be different anyway in in the COVID 19 world uh, but but this is now you know, this is co- this is going to come back yeah right you know, this issue right. is going to be back confronting the NFL which really as it turned out, took a pretty hard stand against the, the, the kneeling protesters. Mm-hmm. They, didn't, you know, they didn't disallow – we kind of left it up to the teams to, to handle it and the teams um, handled it in different ways, as I recall. But I, I think in three years, the world's – and because of this, the world will have changed mm-hmm. by the time the, the NFL season kicks off yeah. in September.
1: I often wonder why – and maybe uh, the NBA really encourages its players to do these things. Uh, you know, to support different causes there that are that they feel uh, important. While the NFL, uh, in my belief, tends to play it safe, become yeah. more patriotic. Uh, you know that type of thing, kind of almost uh, a bland in its in its concept. You know, so I, I thought it'll be interesting to see how that
0: develops. You know, absolutely, because we're talking largely, you know, white owners. Mm-hmm. You know, not largely all, mm-hmm. all all owners in the NFL. White owners and, and, you know, black athletes. That was the confer- Essentially, that's what it boiled down to, mm-hmm. right? Confrontation mm-hmm. three, three, four years ago. Yeah, right. And, and I, you're just wondering if there's going to be a bit of an awakening yeah. because of this.
1: It'll, it'll be interesting to see what—it would mean it be interesting to see what reaction Colin Kaepernick's received when he steps out on the field. <laughs> Although, you know, doing preseason, he's with the Jets now. Is it Jets or Miami? <sighs>
0: I don't. I don't know that. Well, I also, thought
1: there was
2: just talk about it. I didn't know that anything happened. Oh, okay. And, you know, I, I thought maybe I he signed. So anyway. no,
0: I don't think he signed. Okay, I stand yeah. corrected. Yeah. So, so no. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if this will prompt prompt it. Yeah, some, I think a lot of people say. may say uh, <laughs> they owe him an apology. Maybe so. <laughs> you know, one one topic that Van and I were going to tackle here was uh, we've spent all of our professional lives in locker rooms and clubhouses. Um, and growing up playing sports when we were kids and everything, and we never knew because of what we do, and as long as we've done it, we've never known a world that wasn't integrated, that wasn't, you know, you you go to a baseball clubhouse and it's, you know, half Hispanic Mm -hmm. today. You go into any any NFL locker room and it's, you know, and it's absolutely black and white, and, and that's the way that shaped your worldview, right? That's how you thought the world was. And then you get out into the world when you're, you know, when you're a young adult, and it's like, wait, it's, it's not like this. You know, people are separated in other ways. Yeah, and, right. right. Uh, I'm wondering if you're a sports fan and you're not a sports writer, but a, but a, a great news reporter. Oh, but I wonder, you. I wonder what your impressions, what you thought of sports and 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 um, and sports ability to play a role in in um, you know in, in maybe creating an an ideal thought for. The times that we're in. Yeah, I think
1: I I instantly thought about Jackie Robinson and Martin Luther King. Often said that because of what Jackie did, it made it easier uh, for him to do what he did. And so uh, while he probably wasn't as vocal as we would like to him to have been for the times that he was in, Michael Jordan pretty much made it easier for LeBron James to be LeBron James. So so those you know that that's I think one of the Things that hopefully that comes out of this is a better understanding to have that locker room mentality for society itself. It's going to be a challenge. uh, But it is a possibility that that could be one of the things that come out of this, that I think now uh, with George Floyd's uh, death, I think law enforcement has become ultra sensitive towards what's going out there, what they see and what's being caught. Uh, on video, or just been brought out uh I think they may sometimes operate their own little silos and it 's a rare occasion when you have a duro forte who 's really engaged into the community uh he you know was revered in the community, but by the same token, he probably did not have that same level of support probably within uh his own ranks hmm. but you know uh so it'd be interesting to see what happens from that. Will Rick Smith be more visible? Will he decide to have breakfast at Niecy's, at uh, Meyer and uh, Truce? Uh, once a month, you know. That's something I think that uh some of the, some of the, some folks who he who works who he works for wish he would have done more often, be more visible, not doing everything that Forte did, but at least have a presence so he's not a stranger to folks. You know, I think you go down the street, uh you go to Linwood and Prospect to the uh Constantinos there you ask people who's the police chief, they probably will still say Duro Forte, right,
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so that, that'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, I answered your question. Yeah, well, I love locker room mentality for society mm-hmm. itself. <laughs> Put that on the t shirt. <laughs> there you go. There
2: you go. There you go. There you go.
0: There you go. Yeah,
2: it needs to be the right locker room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right,
0: right. Yeah, right. true, right. true, true. All right, Glenn, thanks a lot for sitting down and uh, talking to, to Vahe and myself. I enjoyed And it. Um, you got to get back and do some, Do some reporting. I got phone calls to make. So, yep. anyway, thank you, guys. All I right. really appreciate that. Thanks, thank Blair. You. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, Hey, let's listen to a couple of audio clips. The first was released on Monday evening by Big 12 men's basketball coaches. On this message of unity, you'll hear Kansas State's Bruce Weber, Chris Beard of Texas Tech, Jamie Dixon of TCU, West Virginia's Bob Huggins, Mike Poynton of Oklahoma State, Iowa State's Steve Prom, Shaka Smart of Texas, Baylor's Scott Drew, Oklahoma's Lon Kruger, and Bill Self of Kansas. After the Big 12 message, you'll hear from NBA player Malcolm Brogdon. He was the ACC Player of the Year at Virginia in 2016 and has played for the Milwaukee Bucks and Indiana Pacers. He was at his hometown in Atlanta when he got on a megaphone to make his voice heard. I thought the Big 12 message was well done and Brogdon spoke from the heart, so here we go.
3: Over the last several days, we have listened to others' pain, anger, and disgust over the events surrounding George Floyd's death. Our families, as well as this Big 12 family, share these emotions as well. As coaches, our job is to take a group of young men and inspire them to achieve a common goal. To impact people's lives for the better and to make a difference. That's our true
2: mission. As coaches, mentors,
0: and leaders. It's time for all of us to unite together and bring awareness and light to all the racial injustices that we are witnessing in our country. It's time for us to use our platform to make a difference and to be part of the conversation To help create solutions.
3: We all need to be better. We all need to do better. We all need to be there for each other. We all need to take a stand. The current racial
0: climate is unacceptable. It's time for a change. It's time for a change.
2: It's time for a change. It's time for a change.
3: change. I got brothers. I got sisters. I got friends that are in the streets that are out here that haven't made it to this level. That are experiencing it. They're getting pulled over. Just discrimination. Day after day. Dealing with the same, the same bull. And this, this is, this is systematic. This isn't something where we come and, you know, we don't have to burn down our homes. We don't have to. We built this city. This is the, this is the most proudly Black city in the world, in the world, man. So, like, let's take some pride in that. Let's focus our energy. Let's, let's enjoy this together. This is a moment. We have leverage right now. We have, a, we have a moment in time. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, you were a part of that. I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the 60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We got to keep pushing forward. Jalen, man, has, has led this charge, man. I'm proud of him. We need more leaders. We, we need more people speaking. In the...
0: That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. I'm always grateful to my star sports colleagues like Vahe Gregorian for joining me on the show and a big thanks to Glenn Rice making his Sportsbeat KC debut. Glenn's been part of the star's coverage team that's done tireless and in some cases dangerous work bringing you the news of the protests. So in addition to Glenn, my admiration and thanks go to star reporters Cortland Stark, Anna Spurry, Luke Nozicka, Allison Kite, Murray Williams, Caitlin Shores. Eric Adler, Joyce Smith, Kevin Hardy, Steve Vokrod, Bob Cronkleton, Laura Bauer, Judy Thomas, and photographers Jill Toyoshiba, Tammy Youngblood, and Rich Sugg. I really apologize if I've missed someone here. But thanks also to the band of editors who are tirelessly playing the parts of traffic cop and orchestra conductors throughout all this. Tell you what, I am proud to work with these folks, and nobody in the region is doing a better job covering the stories that are important to you. You can support them by purchasing the Kansas City Stars online product, news, sports, features, everything, plus an e-edition that provides dozens of additional pages of national coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. You'll be getting and supporting the best news and sports coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Wednesday for another episode.